0: Here's the Smart Retirement Cast, brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt.
1: All right,
2: listeners, welcome back for a great episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. We have got a hot, fresh episode for you today, fresh off the press. And this one's going to be a good one, Matt. It's going to be real good.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, should be pretty educational for our listeners and probably open up their minds to maybe some topics that we really haven't discussed yet on this show.
2: Yeah, today we're going to get into the nitty gritty of what it means to hold a private trust deed or to be almost what I would say a hard money investor. Uh, we'll talk about for a majority of the show with our our esteemed guest, um, and we'll have him on right after this break. But Darren, <clears throat> excuse me, Darren Moore from Sunset Mortgage, will get into um, some of the great, great options out there in retirement to hold what's called a private trust deed. Which, if you listen to last show, it's not exactly what I talked about in the last show. Um, which is titled uh, "Do You Have Volatility Insurance?" Or um, where I in the second half of our segment, I talked about carrying a private note back as a seller. This is completely different, and it's a way to get a very good yield on your money with secured, um, with with a secured collateral. Also, we'll get into just a little bit of the like good and bad and the ugly of what it means to be a a bank in the real estate market. So this is just one of our other ways to show you smart retirees on how to use your money and diversify against what's going on in today's marketplace. Uh, Matt, you have a personal relationship with Darren, don't you?
1: I do. Darren's actually one of uh, my racing buddies that uh, we actually met out at the track, uh, have formed a, a fun relationship and uh, uh, try to keep a business relationship as well as uh, our friendship uh, on and off the track. So it's been uh, kind of fun getting to know Darren a little bit uh, over the the last couple of years that uh, we've been racing together. So, um, yeah, I I just thought bringing him onto the show today would would definitely give our listeners something that, you know, you and I have never talked about. Um, Darren actually sponsors the uh, the Sim Racing League that I put together while during all this COVID stuff that we were all racing online. So he was one of the sponsors on there. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, his, his tagline or his phrase that he uses for his company is don't put your money in the bank, be the bank. Right. And I found that kind of interesting because it's like, okay, wait, so rather than them paying me nominal interest, I can be the bank and, and be charging, you know, people for borrowing my money. Um, now This is a topic that I'm familiar with. I mean, through the 2008 and everything, watched um, definitely some bad apples in this scene uh, come through. And I don't want to bring this to be a negative topic by any means, but I think it's very important that when you're looking at this type of um, investment, you want to make sure that you're familiar with who you're doing it with and what their track record really is and, you know, are you going to have the return on your money? Right. Um, I've seen, I've seen and heard horror stories, uh, from it, but I wanted to be able to find a guest for us that I know has been in this business for a long, long time. And I'll let Darren kind of talk about himself when he comes on, but then additionally how conservative his investment approach is to where I would feel comfortable bringing this up to our smart retirees and making sure that we can make a, a good recommendation here. Yeah, earlier the
2: week in this week, I had the privilege of, of spending a, a basically an interview with Darren and very fascinating guy. He's been in the business since 1984. When he graduated college, he got right into hard money lending. Um, over the years, he's evolved. He's understood what the marketplace really requires to have a good relationship with a hard money lending company he offers the services and the admin part of lending so think about it when you pay your mortgage payment that goes to a servicer gets processed and then the investor that holds interest on that note gets your interest and you pay off your principal etc that just kind of happens like clockwork right when you send your your, pay ch- your payment in every month darren's going to talk to us a little bit about how he manages that inside of his firm and um, how he helps you feel secured as the investor, knowing what's going on, getting tax documents done, getting um, seeing updates on how much you've made this year, that your yield is actually accurate with what you thought it would be for this risk. What I love about Darren, though, is you know he's not getting too big for his britches, and he is able to take on more investors every year, every month, that want to have deeds of trust against California real estate, which. Everyone kind of makes fun of us out here on the West Coast, but it is a good investment and is good collateral. Darren's going to get into more of the details of how he structures these deals, but today we're going to talk about two things. One, how you can become an investor with Sunset Mortgage and Darren Moore and actually hold deeds of trust against real estate, lend money, become the bank, as Mr. Hollander said, and the second thing we'll talk about is maybe you're in a pickle or maybe you're in a situation where you need to borrow money to invest more in California on things like your business, things like your uh, real estate portfolio. So we'll spend a, a fraction of the time today with Darren as our guest talking about how he does that as well. So
1: Awesome. So Mike, before we go to a break, um, how's everything going on your, your stay at home out there? You, uh, you going crazy yet?
2: no i'm good in fact uh, so 29 counties 28 counties excuse me in california have been more or less getting the blessing to go to phase two which is reduced occupancy at restaurants um bars and taverns and breweries that have food elements like kitchens will be able to open starting i think the first of june okay and i i I am excited about that. Mainly I'm excited because I'm kind of a small town dude. I, I grew up in Palo Alto, so I always like got very early on in my life, was very familiar with going back to the same restaurants, kind of knowing the owners, saying hi, eating at the same places. I want to start doing that again. I miss that. Um, I don't really miss um, like the day-to-day hustle bustle because as you know, I, I have a home office sure. and I, like basically, my day is very sketched out from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. I walk the dogs at relatively the same time. I'm kind of boring is what I'm getting is what I'm getting. <laughs> <at>. <laughs> but sure. what it, what it's what's a bummer is like, you know, my 15 year wedding anniversary is June 4th, and it's going to be really tough to go anywhere. Sure. And, and like set up. a you know, normally it'd be I'd already be getting like. The hotel would be
1: arranged. I'd be making reservations with the restaurant to sit at. Why do Why don't you table. come out to uh, Why don't you come out to Arizona? We're We're open. I mean, it was really nice. I recorded a uh, a live uh, seminar webinar that we're going to be sending out uh, to anyone that wants to listen to it. And uh, after that, was able to go for a happy hour. Granted, the it was a little interesting sitting there and everyone being spaced out every couple bar stools and stuff. Um, but you know, Arizona is kind of different in, in that way. They're not, uh, they, they've got a different mindset as far as how they're going to reopen everything. So everything's a hundred percent open now. I mean, I think there's still some real t- retailers getting things together, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was really nice after being away for two months, just being able to go into my favorite restaurant, sit at the bar and have a, have a cocktail at the end of the day. It was, uh, it was a nice treat. I bet.
2: So, yeah, you're you're a big fan of those restaurants, and that's that's like a not a hobby, but that's one of the things that you really enjoy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh before we go to the break here, what I do want to mention to you listeners is uh we are gonna be running a seminar series for with Century Financial um online. So if it's something that you would like to be a part of and listen into one of our seminars, feel free, as always, you can reach out to Mike and I at 866-53 Retire. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, or go ahead and shoot us an email. That's info at smartretirementcast.com. Again, that's info at smartretirementcast.com. We're looking forward to uh, bringing our guest on today. So Mike, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? When we come back, we'll bring in uh, Jaron Moore from Sunset Mortgage.
0: Can't wait. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the market the way it's been, it can be easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my house before the market adjusts to downsize and take advantage of the equity? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants by calling 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 01756. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Tonight, with a billion stars all
1: around, cause I got a-
0: I know you won't
2: let me down Cause I'm standing on the ground All right, everybody, we're back. And as promised, we've got our great guest, Darren Moore from Sunset Mortgage. Um, Darren, I'm so glad to actually find you out. Ha- Finally, have you on the show? I know we spoke earlier this week. Welcome to Smart Retirement Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we we brought you in at the break, so you know Matt and I uh, shared with our listeners that you guys get in your Porsches and race each other at speeds of ridiculously high amounts, and afterwards, kind of chuckle about life and over a beer. But still, you guys have had a very interesting, um, very interesting hobby as far as I see it. Tell me a little bit about that just before we tell the listeners about all the uh, the interesting stuff you do in the business world. Let's talk about your hobby really quick.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, what do they say? Racing is life, and all the rest is just waiting for the next race or some, something to that to that effect. I used to play a lot of golf. And every once in a while, you would make that one shot where the ball went high, went further than you expected it to. It felt so good coming off your club. It landed so soft. And it was the adrenaline rush of that shot that brought you back for the next round, the next round, the next round. Um, the only problem with golf was you could only get that adrenaline rush once or twice around, maybe three times if you had a good day. Um, with, with racing, you get that adrenaline rush every minute you're out on the track, because every turn, every every car next to you presents a new challenge. And and you know it's exciting because of course you're going fast and there's a lot of risk involved. So um, you have to be hyper focused. So it's an adrenaline rush that's from the time you get in the car till the time you get out of the car. So maybe 200 times the adrenaline rush of playing golf. So I play a lot right. less golf and I drive a lot more race cars these days.
2: Yeah, I had the privilege on my birthday to, to sit in the passenger seat in one of these Porsche. Porsche. You guys say Porsche or Porsche. I don't want to insult it's you. Porsche. It's too slow, Mike. <laughs> Porsche.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you. Um, and it's no joke. I mean, I, I was uh, I was amazed at how fast you could go into some of these turns. And I could see how that would be addicting very much so. Um, I'm glad you guys do it because there's so many things in this world that can add stress to our lives. It's nice when you, like you said, hyper focus, Darren to be able to release that. So um, one, well, thing- Mike, one,
1: one, one other thing that I think is really neat about Darren, a, a lot like uh, my dad and I, you know, he uses it as a, as a way to, to bond with his son. So his son actually races uh, with us as well. So uh, that's been pretty cool. So I'm sure you enjoy spending the time with your son, right?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know my my son just turned 30, and um, all my other friends have f- who have sons that are in that age range uh, see their kids on holidays, um, birthdays, you know the uh, the obligatory dates. Um, and so I'm lucky; I see him. We spend the whole weekend together once a month, and uh, he lives in San Diego. I'm in Laguna Beach, so it's we live far apart. So otherwise, we wouldn't. So it's it's a great opportunity to bond, and we have so much fun doing it together.
2: Well, thanks for sharing some of that personal stuff with us, um, Darren. Um, listeners, here's what's unique about Darren. And I, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of you were hoping to educate today because we think that this market is for investors is just highly overlooked. Wouldn't you agree, Darren? It's just not even thought about for most people,
3: which is yeah, to have a private yeah, trust note. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a, a great point, Mike. I am always surprised how few otherwise sophisticated investors have never heard of trustee investing and uh, don't know anybody who does it. So yeah, it's really a, it's kind of a hidden gem in my mind and has been so for the last 30 years that I've been doing this. So always shocked at how, uh, how uh, underutilized this investment vehicle is.
2: So listeners, just to kind of recap, in case you're not entirely certain what Darren Moore does Darren Moore, and I know you're gonna you're gonna probably correct me if I mess this up, Darren, but you structure and design help investors take their cash and offer loans to borrowers by putting a deed of trust on a piece of California real estate. That deed of trust instrument has an interest rate that the lender, our investors, are expecting to get back for the mar- for the money borrowed and you structure all types of terms on these hard money investments or excuse me these hard money trust deeds these private trust deed notes excuse me um so that all parties are aware of the terms and what's going to be happening how long the loan will last etc
3: yeah yeah that that's an accurate uh, representation essentially think of it as if we well When we make a real estate loan, we have all the same protections, all the same security interest claims that Wells Fargo or Bank of America or, or Chase would have if they made a loan. So for everybody out there who has a mortgage on their house or have had mortgages on their homes uh, in the past, that lender has a lien on your property. We have exactly the same security interest in the property as every other big bank would have. Um, the difference is the borrowers will typically come to us because for one reason or another, and there's many good reasons, a borrower will come to us. Um, and, and, and generally, probably the most common reasons people will come to us instead of going to the bank is they can't go to the bank, the bank won't make them the loan. And the most common reasons that the bank won't make them the loan is either they meet, need the money in two weeks and the bank can't do that, or maybe they're buying a property that's in some form of distress. And their goal is to rehabilitate the property and and then resell it. Uh, the bank won't make a loan on a property that isn't turnkey and move-in ready. Um, if you ever tried to get a real estate loan from a bank, uh, if you need new roof, they'll they'll make you fix the roof before they'll make the loan. So um, yeah, the other
2: thing too, Darren, if I can just interject, like types of use is important with conventional banks such as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or loans that I typically do. I mean, if the if the property had like a you know, um, a winery on it or, you know, some type of commercial use that was obvious, such as like, uh, agricultural, many lenders don't want to touch that. There are farm loans for that, but, but many times you can offer a better deal than even the farm loan would.
3: Sure. That mixed use is another good marketplace for us. If you have a you know, a storefront, and then you have a residential apartment or two above it. It's called mixed-use property in our in our world. Uh, banks don't like those; we like those. So, what we basically do is we don't compete with the bank. We make the types of loans. We seek out the types of loans that the bank doesn't seek out. So, we're not a competitor. We're uh, we're um, working in different niches than they are.
2: It's really a symbiotic relationship, if you think about it. I mean, you guys aren't in combat with each other. You're not even really in the same type of proposal. Many right. times, many times yeah. you're a much different you're a much different approach than what these standard thirty year fixed mortgages are. Correct?
3: Absolutely. Um, I like to tell my borrowers if you can go to the bank, you should go to the bank. If you can't go to the bank, then call me. And that doesn't mean that I pick up the scraps from the floor. Uh, what that means is I. Again, I work a different niche of the lending universe, and there's plenty of niches of the lending universe that the banks don't work, and those are the ones I, I do.
2: One of the things I want to touch on after the break, but you didn't quite mention, is that um, you're also a great lending resource for business owners that may already own their property, and can um, you can help them lean against their property and give them equity to fund the operations of a business, whether it be a startup or an existing long-term business. Um, I wanna I wanna focus this first segment on how the investors can work with you. But before we get into that, let me just ask you some of the basic interview questions so our listeners understand where you're coming from and who you are. Sure. Um, Darren, so how long have you been doing this? How long have you been in business?
3: Um... I started Sunset Mortgage in 1991. We incorporated in 1992. So this is our 28th year, heading towards our 29th year. Uh, I did work for another company um, as a loan officer, then a loan manager prior to that. So I was originally licensed in the state of California in 1984. Got my broker's license, which is a license required to run a business like mine in 1993. Gotcha. So I've had that license for 27 years. Uh, we started the business two years before I had the license. At the time, I had a partner who had that license. And then uh, when we went our separate ways, uh, I got my broker's license in 93. So 27 years on the low end, 36 on the high.
2: Awesome. And when did you start? From this time you started, were you always always servicing? your um deeds of trust where you are you have you always had the full operation you have now or
3: over time have you learned and grown um we we've learned and grown i would when when we started uh sunset mortgage uh like i said the former partner and i back in 91 we we were full service uh right out out of the shoot. full service in our world means we originate the loan meaning bar calls us they ask they ask us if they can borrow money. We go through all the due diligence and the underwriting processes and all the things we need to do to make sure we make the right lending decision. Uh, and then we give the borrower the money. Then we service the loan. And servicing the loan means we collect the monthly payments from the borrower. Um, we monitor the fire insurance, make sure they have fire insurance in force at all times. So the collateral, if it burns down, it can be rebuilt. We make sure the borrower pays their property taxes on time so the county tax collector can't uh, can't take their property for non-payment of taxes, so it's been full service actually to answer your question since since 1991 or 1992.
2: So let's say I'm one of these listeners, and I've got 75 to 100 thousand dollars, kind of burning a hole in my pocket. I don't know what to do. I've listened to other shows, and I've learned from Matt that you know CDs can't be that great because they still the banks 1099 you, and the returns on CDs are absolutely terrible in my opinion. Um, and I want to I, I'm considering doing this, but, you know, why would I consider investing with Sunset Mortgage versus just like, you know, why wouldn't I just like go down to Bank of America and say, hey, invest this in mortgages?
3: Well, uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you go down to Bank of America and say invest in mortgages, they'll say we don't do that. Um, but here, let me bring you over to this nice gentleman and he will tell you all about the CDs you can invest in. And, you know, in today's world, I haven't looked up CD yields. I don't know if, if you know them off the top of your head right now, but they've got to be, you know, with rates at historic lows, CD rates have to be somewhere right around 1% right now. Um, our lenders are in today's marketplace, again, historically low interest rates. Uh, our lenders right now are, are netting to them between 6 and 7%. So why would you do uh, make a trustee investment versus a CD investment? it would be because you wanted four to six to eight times the return. That's why you would do it.
2: So with that return, I mean, what type of, what type of process, I mean, any investor that does something new is going to be, you know, they're going to be hesitant. They're going to, they're going to be uh, keeping their distance from you, wanting to learn more about how this process works. Tell me how you would set up a trust and how that's different Is that different than a mortgage or what what is the difference between a trustee and a mortgage?
3: Yeah, good question. People are often uh, embarrassed to ask that question because they don't want to seem uninformed, particularly when they talk to me about investing. So so here's the difference between a trustee and a mortgage. Different states use different collateral um, agreements to, to, to secure a loan. So in the state of California, we are a trustee state. So that means even though we all say, hey, I have a mortgage on my house, we're really using the wrong terminology, but everybody knows what we mean. We have a loan on our house. So there are certain states that use the trustee system. There are other states that use the mortgage system. California being a trustee state, you would be investing in trustee. We, trust we, we use trustee as the instrument that collateralizes the loan. If you were in, for example, I grew up in New Jersey. That's a mortgage state, so you would have a mortgage. Um, It's actually kind of an important distinction for an investor in trust deeds because under the trust deed process, the foreclosure goes much quicker. So if you were to make a loan to a borrower and the borrower didn't pay and they defaulted and you had to start a foreclosure, which is rare, but it happens. um, The foreclosure process is much faster on a trust deed and therefore in a trust deed state than in a mortgage state.
2: I want to pause right there. I mean, that is like the crucial piece of this that I want our listeners to take away. The trust deed. So Darren told you just a couple minutes ago or seconds ago, the net return to you would be between 6 and 7%. That's with collateral. That's what Darren's talking about. He's This trustee states, you know, you're not going to lose. They shouldn't lose capital because of the way you structure the deals for them. This trustee would give them the rights. If payments no longer continue past 60 days, We'd you'd have a notice of default. You'd, you'd be then putting this property that you have as collateral into foreclosure as the bank, correct, Aaron?
3: Yeah. Again, we handle uh, our collections the same way that the bank handles their collections. We have all the same rights that they do to the collateral. So if a borrower doesn't pay and they default on their loan, then we go through the there's state law that regulates how we handle it foreclosure, but it's the same The same law applies to Wells Fargo and Bank of America as applies to us. So we go through the exact same process. We have all the same rights and remedies.
2: Many of our listeners are thinking, you know what, I'm interested in taking a risk, but not at the risk of losing my initial principal. So if you could, before we go into a break here, Darren, could you just tell me how you structure a, a normal deal? Like if I gave you Let's say I gave you four hundred thousand dollars to to loan out to a borrower. How would that collateral be structured, and how would I know that my capital likely is not going to be diminished at all?
3: Sure, uh, great question. The um, the real key is is good underwriting, but the the easy part to understand with and keeping it all in layman's terms is um, what we we call in our industry the loan to value ratio and that's the single most important piece to the puzzle what a loan to value ratio is is what percentage of the value of the collateral will we lend now the higher percentage the value of the collateral that a lender lends the more risky the loan is Uh, let me give you let me give you some examples a va loan which is made to veterans guaranteed by the u.s government those loans will lend 100% of the value of the collateral. So if somebody were to buy a house for $300,000, you could get a VA loan for $300,000. Now, there's a lot of risk in that because, as we know, the price of, of real estate goes up and it goes down. So if uh, there was a VA loan on a property, let's say you bought a property for $300,000 and you borrowed three hundred. dollars And then let's say uh, the market corrected and the value of that house went down to $250,000 with with a market correction. Well, you still owe 300, so you actually now owe more on the property than it's worth. It's a dangerous place for a lender to be. So
2: continuing- This is why, let me just interject real quick here, Darren. This is why VA loans don't market this well, but I, I go through this with clientele, have funding fees. The funding fee is a way for the, the Veterans Affairs Department to offset the risk you're explaining, Darren, by collecting 2.3% up to 3.6% of the loan amount as a fee. So they'll tack that onto your loan. They move that fee into a risk pool that says, now we've got money set over here allocated for if this if this individual borrower goes underwater or fails, and we have to go into foreclosure and it takes a while to sell the house or we lose money on the sale because our loan is larger than the value of the home, we can pull from that risk pool, that funding fee pool to offset what we've lost. And so there's fees that offset that many consumers don't really know about.
3: Right, right.
2: Because you're taking into account, you're putting the investor in a strong position. That's your goal.
3: Right, right. so so to carry this loan of value concept a little further down the road, uh, VA will lend to hundred percent of value. FHA will lend to 97 percent of value. A lot of banks will lend 95 or 90 percent of value depending on the circumstance. Sunset mortgage, us private we're, we're, again, uh, we can use the term either hard money lender or private lend- private money lender. We prefer the private money lender label. It sounds a little more pleasant. Um, yeah, we lend, we, that
2: hard money has a negative connotation to it. I don't
3: know it, why. It, it does. We we lend to only 65% of the value of the property. So using simple math, you buy a property for $100,000, VA will lend you 100 dollars FHA will lend you $97,000, will lend you $65,000. Now, why is that so important? That means even if there is a market correction, Down the road of 10 or 15 or even 20%, uh, we're still, you still, the borrower, the homeowner, still owes us less money than the house is worth. And um, I don't mean to sound cynical, but when people have equity in their property, they'll make pay they're much more likely to make payments than when they have no equity or they are underwater, meaning they actually owe more on the property than it's worth. A lot of disincentive to pay when that's your situation. So our goal is to not let the borrower be in a position where he owes more to us than the value of the collateral, because then he loses incentive to pay. We we don't want the borrower to ever lose incentive to pay. Yeah, and, 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 and as a quick uh, follow up to that, being that we're in the COVID nineteen days, uh, our collections have been really really close to. Uh, what they were pre-COVID-19 and it, it, it's astounding to me and and I won't say it's, it's identical, but it's really close. It's probably about 92 or 93% of what it was pre-COVID. And the reason for that is the people ha- own property that has so much more uh, equity in it than than what they owe. So they, they don't wanna lose it. So they they figure out a way to make payments.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so that skin in the game is so huge. Um, We're going to take a quick break here, Darren and Matt. We'll be right back. But before we go, I just want to let listeners know when we come back for the second segment here, you might be thinking, you know, great, Mike and Matt, this is fantastic, but I don't have $400,000 to just, you know, throw into this type of investing. The next segment, we'll talk about what's called fractional trust deeds. Darren's going to explain how you can get started into an investment like this, if it's interesting to you. and we want to give Darren's contact information, too, before we go to the break, because he might have already struck a nerve with you. And this is something you want to talk to him about. Um, a phone number for Darren is Darren's based out of Mission Viejo in California. And a phone number for Darren is 949 582 100. That's 949 582 100. And uh, at the end of the show. And on our Facebook page, we'll post all of his contact information. But stick around. We'll be right back after this break with more talk about these private trust deeds and why you should be thinking about these in your retirement. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Mike Points, co host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon.
0: And MLS number 124-6224. Trucking, got my chips cashed in, keep trucking, like the dude of man, together,
2: more or less in line, just keep trucking oh, oh, oh. Welcome back, listeners. This is our second Episode of the Smart Retirement Podcast here in May, and we are honored to have Darren Moore from Sunset Mortgage here on with us. Um, Darren, we were just talking before the break about you know the way you structure these private money loans to help your investors stay secure, have their capital stay secure. Um, I wanted to ask you just just give me off the top of your head. You know you deal with this every day, and you handle all of your investors. Um, Actual servicing. How many of these loans go into default? What is your default uh, rate? Uh,
3: I actually I know these numbers. <laughs> the uh, the number the percentage of our portfolio that we file a notice of default on. Now that's that's different than that's the, that's the first step in the foreclosure process. The percentage of loans that we file the notice default runs between two and three percent okay that starts the foreclosure process once the foreclosure process starts it's a it's about a four-month process the vast majority of that two to three percent of the time the homeowner says whoa okay now things are serious i need to fix this and i 90 percent of that two to three percent if you're following that math uh, will then bring the loan current before we actually get to the foreclosure auction. Uh, the foreclosure auction is the point at which they they no longer uh, are the owner of the property; they lose ownership of the property. So it's about a four month process. We start the process on two to three percent of our portfolio. We finish the part the process about a tenth of the ones that we start. That's okay, so
2: if I if I'm used to getting my monthly payment from you, that six to seven percent net. And all of a sudden, one month it doesn't come in, I'm probably going to be like, hey, Darren, what's going on? You'll say, hey, look, this can be normal. People fall behind a little bit. We've got another month for them to miss the payment before we start the notice of default, right? It's typically a 60-day process. Is that correct in your line of business as well, Darren?
3: You know, that's a, that's a ballpark guideline. We reach out. We're, um, we're very hands-on. Uh, we contact With the, borrower. the borrower. With the yeah. borrower, absolutely. We yeah. we call them. We know them. Uh, you know, we, we know them. They know us. We call them. They know the person on the other end of the line. We ask them what's going on. Uh, what is the problem temporary? Is the pro- problem permanent? What's going on? Tell us what's happening. Uh, let's work out some sort of an arrangement. We always want to work these out without foreclosure if we can. Um, sometimes we can't, but but most of the time we can. Um, and so we try to and we do. So uh, when somebody, you call me up and say, hey, Darren, uh, Borrower Jones missed his, his May payment, um, I'll talk to Borrower Jones or somebody in my office will talk to Borrower Jones and we'll, we'll find out what's going on and we'll have an answer for you. And if we can work it out with them, we will. And if we, uh, if we can't, then, then we have foreclosure as, as their, the ultimate weapon.
2: Let's, tra- let's transition into that. Explain to me what foreclosure would look like in the sense of who becomes the owner? So like sure. the, owner, the owner was the borrower and I was just the deed of trust on the title, but now I've got a borrower that's not paying. And this deed of trust law that you so eloquently told us about in the beginning that California
3: honors now says what to me is the bank. Okay, great question. So when you made the loan you as the investor your name went on the deed of trust not sunset mortgage but your name individually went on the deed of trust which means you are the lender sunset mortgage is not the lender mike is the lender um and then as a result of that as you go through the foreclosure process um at the foreclosure sale all the money that the borrower owes is then due and payable in in certified funds wire cashier's check you know things like that um If the bar doesn't have the money, the property goes to auction. If there's an outside bidder who shows up at the auction and bids more than is owed to you, then that outside bidder becomes the owner of the property and you get all your money back. If nobody shows up to bid, which is rare, but it sometimes happens, but if nobody shows up to bid, you become the owner of the property, whoever's name was on the deed of trust. So um, if Mike is the investor, Mike's name goes on the deed of trust, and then when the foreclosure sale happens if there's no outside bidders then the trustee issues what's called a trustee's deed to mike and now mike is the owner of that property and the borrower is no longer the owner
2: so then as an owner i can make that an investment property i can sell it on the open market i can do whatever i want
3: absolutely it's, it's your property do it do with it what you uh, what you see fit right so that uh that is an
2: interesting scenario, and I'm and what's you know uh, the dark part of me says, well, why wouldn't I just do that all the time and let's just lend, let's lend money to people that probably won't pay me back. But um, I think that, but, but I think, well, go
3: ahead, you probably want to comment to that. Yeah, I I do. That's what in our industry we call that loan to own. Uh, we are not loan to own lenders. So as if you're one of my investors mike if i sense that the borrower can't pay i'm never going to call you and sell you that loan so our goal at sunset mortgage is to lend to people who have a very high probability of paying hence our low foreclosure rate so it's never going to make it off my desk to the point where i'm going to make it available to it to an investor if i truly believe the borrower can't make payments
2: yeah yeah so that's great i mean the service that you add in the after the closing of the loan is huge because if i'm just an investor i don't know how to deal with these things i may not be good at talking with people i might be very deductive as a personality and say well you agreed to pay and now you're not paying so where you feel like you're not modifying the loan but you're you're making your goal is to have the loan perform because then the investor's happy
3: absolutely and as the investor, you'll never talk to the borrower. You'll never you you don't. I coordinate everything. We we send the late notices out. We send the payment statements out. We borrow pays us. Then then we as soon as the their their check clears, we send the money to the investor. We send out ten ninety nines and ten ninety eights. to all the tax filings at the end of the year. Uh, we coordinate the foreclosure. If if uh, God forbid, that's that's necessary we take care of that we don't ask or expect the passive investor to have any level of expertise as far as servicing or collecting the debt that's a very specialized field it's uh it's very heavily regulated and uh it's it's not a game for amateurs so we wouldn't uh the matter of fact i'll take it one step further if an investor wanted to invest in a loan and try to service themselves we won't sell it to them right right
2: so, I mean, I want to ask you, you kind of explained it all without me asking, but why would a, a an investor work with you versus some other hard money lender or private lender?
3: It, it's a great question. Um, several things I would say to anybody out there interested in, in trustee investing. If you're going to invest with somebody, certainly you want to do your due diligence on the company. You want to go to the Department of Real Estate's website, see if there's any complaints against the company. I have none. Uh, you want to go to the Better Business Bureau website see if you have any if there's any complaints I have none um, I would be glad to give you again we've been in business almost 30 years so I'd be glad to give the investor re, uh, references of people have been investing with me not for a year or two years or three years but people have been investing with me for 20 years and 25 years uh, people have bought over 100 investments with me I have plenty of those people. Um, who would be glad to 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 vouch for the experience? And I think anybody who's going to hand over a, a a big check to any trustee and you know private money lender should really do their homework first. The key is that you're dealing with somebody reputable and that they're conservative. Uh, it sounds kind of corny, but I live under my means, and so I don't. I'm not forced to make loans or force loans through that really shouldn't shouldn't be lending this money. I don't make those loans. Uh, because those are the loans that create problems down the road, and, and I avoid those.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome, Darren. Um, well, I promised the listeners that we so we would talk about fractionalized deeds of trust. Quickly give me an idea of those, because let's say I, I just can't give you a full 400000 I just don't want to, or I can't.
0: How you know, do I still get a loan
2: if you don't have a loan that's $70,000 that's needed out there?
3: Right. Great, great, great question. And, and here's what we do. So fractionalizing means we have more than one investor on one on a loan so my average loan is right around four hundred thousand dollars so if you call me mike and 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 say hey darren i'd like to invest and and i have seventy five thousand what do i do the answer is very simple i will uh use more than one lender to fund a four hundred thousand dollar loan so in this example you would invest seventy five thousand dollars in a four hundred thousand dollar loan uh That means you would own, I have a calculate here, 18.75% of the loan. So your name would go on the deed of trust as to an 18.75% interest. And the other investors, their names would also go on the deed of trust as to their respective interests in in the loan. So easy, easy peasy to do. And then when the borrower makes their payment on their $400,000 loan, I split it up as to the the, the percentage ownership of each investor and I distribute the. the monthly payments as to the percentage interest.
2: I like this so much and what I like about I know you do this like let's say um let's say I give you $250,000 but I say hey I want to get a little bit risky with about 75 of this and I want 150 to be like don't mess this up. Then you as the you can structure it to go on Deeds of trust where you're charging higher interest rates because of X, Y, or Z, correct?
3: You, or- uh, yeah, I'm going to slow you down a little bit there because the risk will create more problems from, for you than you may understand or be willing to deal with. So I have had people call me with that exact scenario. And I said, you know what, first of all, we're not risk lenders, we're, we're safe lenders. So if you're looking to take risk, I'm probably not your guy. Uh if you wanted to take a little more risk i will have a long talk off, off you know uh, later on and we'll go through how ugly that can get risks are bad in this business so we're going to do everything we can to avoid them and and if you want to make risky loans beyond a certain point i'm not your guy i'm just going to ref- i'm going to tell you to go somewhere else because it's uh, the risk creates a lot of pain for you that you probably wouldn't anticipate or wouldn't wouldn't guess
2: i understand everyone has their different risk spectrum Um, If I live outside of California, could I still do business with you, Darren?
3: Um, The answer is potentially. Uh, There are a couple extra laws that would apply in that situation, which on a case-by-case basis, I'd be glad to go through with a potential out-of-state investor. Okay. Let's
2: quickly just, um, I I wanted to spend most of the talk today about investing because I know the investors listen to this show. Just in about three to four minutes, if you could let me know how um, your loans help the borrower.
3: Well, it, its uh, I, I think we provide a great service. Again, most of these people are, I, I would say probably 60% of what we're doing right now is people who are doing what we call fix and flipping. So for those, even the layman Typically has heard that term by now, but if you haven't, what it means is you're buying a distressed property, you're repairing it, and then you're reselling it. Um the bank won't make uh won't make loans on properties that are distressed. So we're providing capital into a marketplace that can't, can't get serviced elsewhere. Um I I think that's a really important service, as as I referred to earlier, the the mixed-use properties. So it's a businesses small businesses liquor stores liquor stores with units upstairs they just can't get bank financing in most cases and so we provide that service to them emergency situations people having an investment opportunity typically in real estate but they have to move fast they have they need money in 15 days the bank can't do that but we can so um from the borrower standpoint um we we offer a lot of options for them that they can't get elsewhere and they know our terms and conditions and we get a tremendous amount of repeat business because we're we're filling a need that they have and they can't get it filled elsewhere
2: we haven't had an estate planner um, commit to coming on the show yet but when we do we're going to talk about this one of the things i love is that you can lend to a trust that owns the property i mean you don't you don't need the typical borrower that can show they have a job that has this amount of income to show a capacity to repay, you can actually fund a trust which can help people close out their irrevocable trust because mom just passed away.
3: Yeah, shame on me for not thinking that. Uh, that's a that's a great point. Uh, another one of our niches is we'll lend to entities. So we'll lend to trusts, we'll lend right. to LLCs, we'll lend yeah. to corporations. I can't remember the last time I saw an LLC that had LLC returns K ones that justify a um, you know, that justify a bank loan. So that's a big marketplace for us that I totally forgot about was lending to entities. Um, It's uh, we're here for you, buddy. We got it. Obviously. So thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh,
2: Darren, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, Matt didn't talk as much today because obviously this is lingo that you and I use all the time, but I mean, you're a, you've said it perfectly you're a vital service both for the investor and for the people that can't get loans in California um you know this collateral that we're talking about is this is precious blue chip stock stuff i mean how often does california lose a lot of its value
3: well it again value prices go up prices go down we know that now we used to think that's not true but that's been we've been proven wrong in that theory but Again, that's why we limit our loans to 65% of value. This way if values drop 10, 15, 20, 25%, the property still not underwater. There's that term again. And yeah. uh, that's 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 the saving grace for the uh, for the for the investors all the time. So that's that's the real key is that the golden rule is the uh, is the loan of value, keep it low and make sure when you appraise the property that you're getting a good fair and accurate appraisal. So you really know what that collateral's worth.
2: How fast are you able to turn out um, a loan?
3: From date of request for fun. So if you called me today and said, hey, Darren, I need $400,000. If everything lines up, everything makes sense. It checks all our underwriting criterion boxes. Uh, we usually quote two weeks.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing.
3: Yeah. If I did it in two
2: weeks then my head would spin. Just because we have so many different guidelines and stuff to to underwrite and verify you know that Darren
3: yeah um, and 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 I do all the underwriting myself I every single file passes through my desk before and and I'm the guy who puts the okay the 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 approve or deny stamp on it so um yeah so I'm looking at everyone and being careful you're the credit officer for sure absolutely yeah Well,
2: you guys, Darren Moore out of um, Mission Viejo, California, Sunset Mortgage. Um, Check him out at sunsetcash.net. That's sunsetcash.net. Darren's great on the phone. Would love to chat with you. You can reach him at 949-582-6100. And he can talk to you if you're out of the state. If you're from outside of California, we know we have listeners all over the nation. Give him a call and talk through how his process works. I love this type of investing because you get the collateral, it's a secured loan, and you get someone like Darren that's been doing it since 1984 to assist you. I mean, it, there's really not a lot of things that could go wrong here, but talk to Darren about what can and and how you can make money with him. Um, Matt, you're back. We got you here. I'm here. I'm here. map there probably. Huh?
1: No, I was just sitting here getting educated. It was a, it was a nice little break from, uh, having a talk. So that was nice. Thank you
3: again, Darren, for coming on. My pleasure guys. Uh, wonderful to be here. Thanks for the invite.
1: Mike, uh, anything you want to wrap up with before we, uh, we end the show today?
2: I just want our listeners to know that we're trying to give them all different types of ways to make uh, smart Moves in Retirement, and Darren Moore is just one of them. We'll have more throughout this year as we start to organize our summer schedule.
1: Absolutely. And listeners, uh, don't forget it. Earlier in the show, I had mentioned that uh, Century Financial is going to be doing a virtual seminar series. If you'd like more information on that, please feel free to reach us at 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Or shoot us an email at info at Uh, Listeners, thank you for tuning in today, and let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives.
0: The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638, MLS number 1246224.